Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Sporting fans be panicking. Yes. I, I think when when you get through more than 20% of the season and you don't have a win, and I like the, the good news is is the playoff format is forgiving. So you can still find it. It ain't way that in. forgiving. <laughs> but right, exactly. I mean you, you have to start winning games at some point. at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. We are the KC Soccer Journal. My name is Cody Bradley. We've got Thad Bell, Robert Russert, and David Greenwald. And we're joined by Chris Whittingham. Woody's in the house, fellas. It's a big show. Very excited to have Woody. Was on the call of the game last night. I'm sorry about that. Before we <laughs> before we uh, get into all of that, I know I know you're. Uh, I've got a fellow citizen here, so all the all of you guys here are gonna have to indulge me a little bit. I don't get to talk Man City with people. Big dropped points for Arsenal today. It's a big day for yes. City, and we didn't even play. It was a, it was a delightful thing to wake up to because uh, <laughs> I'm out here on the West Coast, and I I learned of 4:30 in the morning Premier yes. League life on the Saturday, and then this game kicked off. I think at 6 a.m. Uh, yeah. Pacific time, and I slept through the whole thing. It's it's actually quite nice sometimes to wake up, and something has gone your way in the sports world. And oh yeah, that's the way that you start your day. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a great result to wake up to, and now it really is all to play for in that uh, game at the Etihad between Man City and Arsenal, which is, is oddly on a Wednesday. But uh, yeah, that that's going to be a massive game. You rarely have title deciders, particularly this late in a Premier League season. Um, and it'll, it'll uh, we're, we're going to get one. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I often tell people it's it's funny you're discovering the West Coast because you've always been on the East Coast in Miami, a yeah. Miami lad. Three hundred five represent. Yes, yes, we have another <laughs> one, another uh, Miami grad here. Uh, I always tell people that the Central Time Zone is the best soccer viewing time zone in the entire country. You get up at six a.m. You've got you've got the Premier League, and then literally all day long until into the night until eleven. You've got you've got yeah. MLS. It's it's a good I would, time. I would, I would I would argue it's the East Coast. I think seven thirty is is slightly better than than six thirty. I was actually but then it gets be, too late on the West Coast, and it's like fair. then you guys I get, hate yeah, the West I guess, Coast. I guess uh, I guess the the late ten thirty uh, San Jose Kansas City Portland Timbers right. uh, Seattle Sounders kickoff at you know twelve. But I I really enjoyed. I I used to do radio for Inner Miami. And I really enjoyed like, all right, we do the we do the post match, then we wrap things up, and then by the time I get home, like LAFC, we're in the second half, and I used to enjoy putting that yeah. on. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. and like, it's a little different being part of the TV crew, um, just because like when you get back to your room, you're just sort of like so bereft that mm. like almost the last thing you want to do is put on another sporting event. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it, it's uh, it, I I think the East Coast still. Um, but but so Chris- I, I used to be a big I used to be a big believer that like. The Pacific time zone was where it was at for sports. But then I got into soccer, and it, right. I no longer believe that. I no longer believe that. Chris, it, it's a Miami thing. It's not an East Coast thing. Because, like, I've lived on the East Coast in a couple different places. I, you know, I lived in Miami for four years. Miami, everything starts later. So, like, you're going to dinner later. Like, you're staying up yeah. later. Like, everything's later, so it doesn't seem that bad to be catching the Pacific time zone games. Or like, you know, even like just like late night TV or like the NFL Sunday night games, everything ends so late. So but late. when you're in Miami, like that's normal. But if you were mm-hmm. living in like Baltimore, it would really suck. <laughs> I think you're, I think the perspective yeah. is just like, like that's if you're, true. If you're from that Delaware, you're in Baltimore, though? If, if you're from <laughs> Delaware, you're still eating dinner at six o'clock. Whereas in Miami, like you don't even start to get hungry till eight. <laughs> that's actually one of the things that I've learned on my very early travel so far for MLS season pass is. Man, cities close a lot earlier than in Miami. <laughs> like, right. there's like not a lot going on. Uh, uh, when I got here on Friday night, it was like 10, 15 Pacific, and I went on Uber Eats to try and get some food in, and there was nothing near me that was available. <laughs> there was nothing. It was everything was closed already, uh, and it was. I was like, it's a Friday night. You should be open until at least 2 a.m. If you're not open until 2 a.m. on a Friday night, then what are you even doing? What are but you doing? That, 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 that is my Miami prism, no question. Yeah, because you go to the club. And then once the club shuts Correct. down, you go to the follow-up club, like the, the yeah, after. And, like, that's and, then, and then after all of that, and then after all that, you're going to Flanagan's at three in the morning to get <laughs> very greasy Th- food. Three in the morning. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're having different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Woody, I didn't properly give you an introduction here. Woody's uh, just fresh off of his, finally, I should say, off of his contract with Metal Arc Media and the Lebetard Show, one of the uh, you know top two, three sports podcasts in the country and uh and he was also doing what i think was the best soccer shows in the country uh during the world cup with mike ryan uh landon wall and witty and then the other stuff you were doing with grant wall were uh were, were pretty awesome so we are very excited to have you big get for shades of blue today big get <laughs> for us uh i know you were uh, there last week you've still been you've still been running around all crazy with them they needed your professionalism, someone over there to get the uh, the studio all set up. So how's everything looking with the new Levitard Show studio? Oh, it, it's it's tremendous. Uh, it's tremendous that uh, now we don't have to go to South Beach. It's funny. I, I wonder if it's like this for you guys living in Kansas City, if there are areas that like are so touristy that like you sort of become like, <laughs> all right, enough. 
Uh, and South no. Beach, I, 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 well, I guess. Uh, no, but like, it's sort of like, uh, like I, I would compare it to Times Square, where yeah. like New Yorkers, if you talk to anyone who's from New York, you'd be like, avoid Times Square. Yeah, PL. Like PL's not us for it. Where, where you see the, the watch party of the. Of, oh, of the yeah, World yeah, Cup. exactly. That's, uh, that's yeah. our too expensive, clubby. Yeah, that's correct. A, that's, yeah. Right. So, like, South Beach is like that for us. So, we kind of grew sick of going there all the time. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it's all brand new equipment, it's all brand new stuff. Um, it's got that new card, that new studio smell. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 in a brilliant location in downtown Miami. And for me, it was it was Unless available it via pub. Right. Well, that's true. Well, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and it's a, for me, it was available via public transit, which is a ridiculous thing to say in Miami. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I heard yeah. you on on about that this week. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's great. pretty handy. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all coming along, and it looks great. So um, I think I think people will enjoy it. So if you ever come out to Kansas City to call a game, I'd like for you to come out with us. I want Cody to show you power and light. And then, and then I want to revisit this part where he was like, this is where all the clubs are. And I'd just like to get your honest reaction. It's all relative. It's all, it's all relative, but I would love to see nightlife in Kansas city. Yeah. I'd love for you to come out and see mosaic and then compare it to like live. Well, Hey, we got no Lil Wayne on a Sunday. The, the value of Kansas city is there's all sorts of different neighborhoods. P and L is the one that's like bougie, I guess, but you know, you go, there's all sorts of neighborhoods that you go to with, uh, hustle and bustle nightlife i we love our city we're, that's one if you don't know about kansas Cityans, it you the we're very proud of where we live and yeah uh, and yeah we just want people I've, to have I've, fun i've been here. once i've been once but i've i've not been sort of uh, on my travel so far with uh with apple and mls and i i do hope to get like one of my goals for this year and at some point is to hit every single mls city uh given the regularity with which i'm in san jose i don't think i'm going to do that this year um, but I'll I'll come close. Oh, did um, you just did you just leak that you have your full schedule for the whole season and then they don't no, tell us? So until, I, oh. I have my full <laughs> I have my full schedule for like a month. Oh, okay. Uh okay. like like through through the end of May, I think is is where I have my schedule. But okay. yeah, we, we we release it one week at a time. Yeah. Well uh yeah, next time or uh, whenever you are in Kansas City, we can uh we'll show you around. Well, you know, guys, this banter is great, and it's great having Chris on the show, but I'm still trying to think about what it's like for a sporting fan to wake up in Europe and see the results. <laughs> what is that like? <laughs> like from, from the previous night's MLS? Yes. If we, if we, if we have like, yeah. if we well, have like 12.30 London time is when MLS begins, so you, you wake up and a full program of games has been played. <laughs> they, they turned it into like a nighttime, late-night novelty thing for a while, didn't they, I think, over there? Yeah. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's sort of like a similar fan base over there. It's smaller, but like kind of what NFL is over there and kind of like what the Premier League is here. But it's really it really appears to be only for the sickos uh, <laughs> because, like, if, you, if you're in a, a soccer-mad country, it's actually one of the things that I experienced having been there is, like, I, I walked around, on, like, actually on the day of El Clasico, in in london I, I happened to be there and it was difficult to find a bar with el clasico on i had to like google it and all that stuff they're so obsessed with the premier league like this notion of watching other leagues from other countries is actually a bit foreign uh so really? like it, you, it, it's actually you know it, it's, a, it's a real us, niche because yeah, we had exactly to. <laughs> i would i would well, die we to, to hear because it's available Right, right. I would die to hear England English banter about the MLS. Like fans <laughs> here, yeah, like everybody's got a Premier League team. That's so Cody podcast. and I, Cody and I will talk trash about Man City versus my always underwhelming Tottenham Hotspur. Mm -hmm. But I would love to hear somebody from like 
Norwich being like, oh, you're a sporting fan? Like, wow, you guys suck. Go St. Louis. Yeah, start repping the Sounders. <laughs> and you, you did that right, David. You said the MLS, which is that's exactly right. what they would that's say. What that's right. right, exactly. We're off to a good start with the nomenclature. Uh, so, Woody, I know you're, this is something of a dream job. You, you, the, I think that was kind of a reason you moved on from the Levitard show. A lot of the hustle and bustle of the, uh, the MLS season pass job that you're doing. So what of the you know what are some highlights of the first two months? We're eight games in here. Uh, you know I, I won't uh, I won't look at me, Louis. You I don't have that sounder, so you can kind of you can you know you can <laughs> yeah, tell us the I cool can, places. I can let her rip with all the anecdotes and without <laughs> yeah. any judgment. Uh, I mean, I think last week was a genuine highlight. I, I had Cincinnati and Philadelphia. It was a little bit of a bummer that Philadelphia were in you know midway through Champions League mode. But I right. think in terms of like matchups in the league that like you can tell genuine stories about clubs with past clubs with present uh history i think it, that was a really great game at cincinnati who as a soccer city i think it, it was kind of going the wrong way when you're rock bottom of the league for three straight years and you know that they, they had such good attendance such good crowds and they were kind of on that tipping point where if it was a fourth straight season of them uh, towards the bottom of the league. I'm not certain how much more those supporters could take of them being bad, but yeah. they had a turnaround season last year. They're top of the East this year, though. They got hammered by St. Louis last night. Um, and I, I was it was really cool to kind of be in that stadium and experience the atmosphere of a team that, like, is sort of experiencing this collective moment of joy. It's a sold-out stadium. There's a really good opponent in town. So, so that was really cool. But honestly, it's more just getting to experience the local flavor of every team um like even here in san jose where you know it's not exactly known for being a a cauldron of noise they have their traditions they have this guy that comes out and bangs a drum before kickoff named crazy george who's been doing it since 1975. crazy george yeah and like the san jose earthquakes are have like a genuine soccer tradition they celebrated 20 years of their supporters group behind the goal and you see all this memorabilia and all this signage of of San Jose earthquakes from 50 years ago. And it's like, oh, okay, like this is a club that has a genuine history and story to tell. And you kind of experience that in every city that you go to. So I've I've had a great time so far. And like I said, I just want to kind of experience all of that local flavor, stuff that you can't really experience on TV or just kind of like being a fan of the league. It's sort of like, like ingesting local knowledge that I've really enjoyed so far. And how long, so how long, like, have you been in San Jose? I hope you're ingesting local flavor was not just looking on Uber Eats in San Jose. (laughs) So I got in on Friday night. We're recording this on a Sunday morning Pacific time and afternoon uh, Central time. Uh, Yeah, so this is my second time here. And, like, we we really, it's it's the same procedure everywhere we go. It's fly in Friday, do the game Saturday, fly back Sunday. Um, You can take the first flight out. Or I've actually, when I was here a month ago, uh, doing their game against Toronto during the international break. Uh, I kind of stayed for the whole day because I just want to check out stuff in the Bay Area. So I'm going to do the same today. And, uh, you know, it sort of depends on the city, but also, like, depends on flight times home. Like, I actually, right. believe it or not, wanted to spend more time in Cincinnati, in, in Cincinnati excuse me. And, uh, like, I, you know, I got, like, the first flight out. So, um, you know, it, it, uh, it sort of depends on on where you go. But I, I, I want to, you know, I, I've not traveled America as much as I realized before starting this job. And, no, uh, getting the chance to, it's really fun. So free advice, when you call a game in St. Louis, you probably want to fly out Saturday night. <laughs> fly in as late as you can on Friday. Maybe maybe consider flying in on Saturday morning. There's no salt here. And get out, get out as quickly yeah. as possible. David, for your safety, huh. for your safety. David hates St. Louis. 
Yeah, I'm going to be there in St. Louis for that sporting St. Louis oh, game. And I was just going to invite you and say, hey, Chris, I'll take you out and show you some St. Louis. The area around that stadium looks really cool. My, my, my <laughs> friend Tyler Terrence is doing the game there this weekend. Not, not that I, I mean to compliment St. Louis on the Kansas City pod, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it seems he gets cool. It. He gets no, it. There, there are two people here that are St. Louisians, so that's, mm. that's okay. Wait, yeah. so, Robert, you you won you what were is in the, the correct, lottery? What is the correct uh, name, St. Louisans? I, I don't know, yes, and I don't Yes, that is care. correct. I don't care. <laughs> I, that's how I say I, I it enjoy, wrong every time. I enjoy whenever uh, you hear an English person refer to that city, it's St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis. I always want to call it that whenever, uh, whenever, whenever I hear it, just because I hear the English call it that. So if you haven't been able to tell, I've been avoiding talking about Sporting Kansas City. But yeah, you're, your listeners are going to hate this. <laughs> I will, no, they're not. <laughs> I will reluctantly bring it back to Sporting KC. It was your first look up close of the season last night. Uh, problems on all three lines and the red card kind of messed things up to, for you know a, a tactical analysis. But where, where do you think uh, the central problem was, was lying last night? Um, it's sort of tough to tell. I'm actually like, I, and it was interesting in reading, uh, the work of the Kansas City Soccer Journal and, and various other publications in the run-up because it seems like the atmosphere is very negative and that's understandable, um, because you have three points from eight matches, but Two in, in watching, in, in watching them play, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. And I know that that's kind of ridiculous to say, but I think there are elements there and, you, you hear a lot of coaches on these calls. Just, oh, we just, in the final third, just needs to come together. And look, that ultimately is why there are certain soccer players that make many millions of dollars more than the other soccer players on the field because that's the hardest thing to do is unlock defenses. But I saw cameos from Johnny Russell where he looked like the Johnny Russell right. of old. Um, I think Daniel Shallowy hasn't quite recaptured that form of 2021. I think he's probably in, in that forward line uh, the link that kind of most needs to take a step forward. Pulido, I think coming back from injury, you you almost have to kind of go through the lumps with him just because he's such a talent. You have to see if that talent is still there after six after 60 months out due to injury. And then behind him, I think Eric Tommy, it's, the, the one thing that jumped out to me is Ooh. almost how he has like too much energy. <laughs> like he almost needs to like, Tone it down a little bit. No, Vermees because, actually said uh, said just about that exact same thing in a in a, in a town hall that it's he he can do more with less is isn't I think right that was exactly really good, that like yeah. like I, I kind of like he needs to go play for like Gerhard Struber and I think Gerhard Struber would love him like just this like insane energy pressing moving all over the place where it's like whoa like almost like calm down man like like what did you do before the game but and, and yeah, you I mentioned think... shallowy and i think that and i we've we've talked about that a lot and i think um that the relationship with eric tommy is and the mo the movement that he does and with that energy mm -hmm. i think is uh is not molding well for what shallowy mm -hmm. wants to do i think gerhard struber might be the moments soon. where like the patterns are still there <laughs> yeah yeah you can I know you spoke to Vermees this week, and one of the things he told you was that the talent is there, that he thinks yeah. the, the, the talent is indeed there. And, oh, let, let me go back. I forgot to mention, yeah, you we're, we're actually a, a, a show known to be apologists for this, for okay. this team. So we're, uh, we're very positive as well. We often talk about how the, the same things like that, that you can see it, it seems to be there, it seems to be close, but then every week we end up saying the same thing. So right. I am I am wondering if you you know after 
seeing the game last night, and they threw everybody on the field, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you do think that the talent is there. You know, you've seen all the other teams in MLS. Do these players have what it takes to turn the season around? So I think, like I said, you need a big jump from Pulido. You need him to be that top-level player. But I think even beyond that, um, you need a, 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 an option at left back. I understand that both of the recognized left backs are, are injured right now. Leibold and Logan and Dembe have to bring something because I think Volatere does a job, but he's not someone who you want joining into the attack. Um, I actually thought Graham Zussi played pretty well in the game. Um, at times, you know, Kate Cowell was lining him up to have a go at him, and at times he was up for it, but Cowell had two assists last night. So, you know, you can kind of criticize him for his defensive performance. I don't know. I, I, I do, in the, on the whole, believe in what Vermees is saying. I, I do think that a lot of the answers are there, um, but I just can't quite figure out in watching them what's missing. I think in previous matches, like the LA Galaxy match, for instance, we have like a gazillion shots. When you look at the XG figure, it's like, well, are any of those shots any good? Um, and then you look at the XG figure at the end of last night, and there there wasn't a ton there. It's you're not really getting shots in kind of in the width of the of 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 the goal and in the heart of the area. It's a lot of shots from distance. Johnny Russell probably had the best chance of the lot, and Marcinkowski makes a good save from it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what that last little bit of calibration because in theory, a lot of those players have been together for a little while outside of Pulido, who's been in and out of the lineup. Shallowy and Russell and Voltaire and Felipe Hernandez and and other and Zussi and all these players when they when they've been fit they've been together for a long time so in theory the pattern should be there um, but they were undone for the first goal by a nice little bit of inside out movement and and one and one interesting thing that we didn't get to on the on the broadcast last night was I asked Peter about the fact that when you're playing against teams that have the same system what you know like it, it, is it almost a stalemate at that point. And I think it was interesting that the movement of Jamiro Montero is what kind of changed that game because he was in a central position, but then he pops out in a wide area to receive the ball, and then he's unmarked and is able to move the team forward. I think it was interesting that they were sort of able to figure out what were the movements to figure out the opposition. And and Peter said it would come down to individual moments of quality and brilliance in order to do that. Montero summoned it, but there, I guess... That for me, if if I was to point in one thing in the in the Kansas City midfield that's sort of lacking, it's the creativity or even goal threat um, that just isn't there. And I don't know if Eric Tommy is it's enough Eric to Tommy. really solve that problem. It is Eric Tommy for me. It's every time we get into a position, he he doesn't find the right thing or the ball falls from his feet. But even Felipe somewhere. Hernandez was fairly anonymous in moments where he yeah. could have done more. Like it's not like like he presented this big threat. Nor do I think if Nemanja Radoya comes back from injury and you move Voltaire forward, is Voltaire like this incredible attacking presence? I don't think he is either. Um, I think you need goal threats from a number of areas, and I, I think Kansas City only have them in the three attacking positions, and those guys aren't playing well enough to justify it. Voltaire. I know you're a guest, but Voltaire yeah. is, is a fine. Voltaire. <laughs> Voltaire is what it is. Oh, no, and I was talking about Voltaire, the midfielder. Oh yeah. Vo- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And then okay. and then Volader, the left back. Yeah. Okay. okay. That, that fine okay. is a rebound, Cody. It goes back. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. You errantly find somebody. And it's double for for an incorrect fine charge. That's true. That's true. So speaking but, of things that Vermee said last night, uh, he went in on the red card, and in his really? post in his post match, this wasn't a card. He our defender was goal side. You know he 
was adamant that that was not a red card. Uh, it was. You watched it live. And, yeah. I mean, do you have it? Any... Was, it was a red card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fairly inarguable. I mean, now, there were other decisions in the game where Vermees, I saw him in the technical area, and he was not happy. Yeah. Uh, there was one, I think, on Johnny Russell. He was kind of cutting across the edge of the area, and he was taken out. And we looked at replays, and I thought it was a fairly obvious foul. I think uh, Carlos Acapo put it put in a challenge in the area, which I thought could have been given as a penalty. Something I've never understood about soccer. When <laughs> when something happens in the area, right, and because the player has, you know, touched the ball or shot it or crossed it or whatever, the ball is gone. The player gets cleaned out, but yet for some reason, when it's when it comes back, is like that isn't given as a penalty. But any other spot in the field, if you're late. That's a yellow or red card offense. If you but get the touch. But in the area, like, is for whatever reason not, like, I, I thought that that was a nailed-on penalty. I, I would certainly be with Peter Vermees on that. That earlier challenge I thought was definitely a foul. There were moments that I think, like, he had a genuine claim to the referee did a poor job, but that was not one of them. That was, you pull a player down, you don't make an attempt to play the ball. It's a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity as he was the last man. That's as obvious of a red card as you will see, So in my view. I, I agree with you, but uh, Thad is normally our um, contrarian. Advocate, our contrarian, our devil's advocate. <laughs> I I agree it is a red card and it is a PK, but but if you're Vermees, isn't the better argument that he fouled him outside the box and it just continued into the box, but it should be dog so red but a free kick outside? No. Because he started, no. he was all over him outside the box. Uh, but like, but, but it continued in. Like, yeah, I, I don't, did. I don't. Like and this is something I, I forget what incident there was recently where it was like a, a foul that started outside the area and then went in, um, but like it, it was in, in a European game. I'm trying. I'll, I'll try and jog my memory, but like it, for me, the 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 contact just because it starts in one place for me, it's like well, where like what's the moment at which it is defined as a foul and like it can continue in for me that 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 was a that was a nailed on penalty, Pen- penalty and red card for me. Agreed. I have no problem with it being a red card, but there is that tradition that if it starts outside the box, it's not called inside the box. Stonewall pen. Stonewall pen. So Vermees talking about the the referees in a time like this is just not a good look. Uh, a loss three to nothing. He and, and he's kind of had a streak of saying some things after games that fans haven't liked. Now, so... I've also been, you know, other fans are in a are in a tough spot right now. Fans in LA are uh, are, are revolting. Uh, New York Red Bull fans are in an entirely other tough situation. But Woody, you've been around MLS for a long time. You've seen that Sporting KC used to be the toast of the league and was an example for other teams and the way to do this league properly. And you saw them last night. You see where they're at now. Should Sporting fans be panicking? Yes. I, I think when, when you get through more than 20% of the season and you don't have a win, and I like the, the good news is, is the playoff format is forgiving. So you can still find it. It ain't way that in. forgiving. <laughs> but right, exactly. I mean, you, you have to start winning games at some point. But yeah, I think, I think it's, it, it's time to have some concern. Now, I guess to me, the, the bigger question beyond like this particular season is like, how should this season go going poorly and last season going poorly? make you feel i think it should kind of you have to have a little bit of 
forgiveness for the club because of how successful that they've been and how successful Peter Vermees has been. And I can understand after a certain amount of time, you're like, well, we've kind of been with this one guy for a very long time. It's been very successful, but there is sort of this desire for newness. But I do think that you have to be appreciative of the club and its relative lack of spend relative to its other competitors that it's been so successful for such a long time. I know that doesn't help you now and it doesn't help you like experience what's been a very difficult season be like ah well we were successful eight years ago so that makes this okay like you tend to be about the now but it always for me kind of defines just how kind of remarkable it is that kansas city were so successful so regularly so often uh so to me i think yes this season is not going well and like you said with each kind of comment after a match that's not about why we're not playing well right now it does seem a little bit like obfuscating but to me it's about a kansas city a club that's been so successful and is not living up to its very high standard if a club like for instance san jose who you play last night they're experiencing a very good start to the season but even like it's not like top of the west good it's right. fifth in the west good and their bar is so low from previous regimes exactly that this club wins in the trophies. west is like like I, I kept saying last night they're off to their best start since 2016 it's 11 points from seven games it's not like they've won six out of seven and they're flying like they have such they have such a low bar that clearing it is a, a the, genuine step forward for them the standards the are different that, right exactly and i think that the fact that kansas city are a bit down this year and we're a bit down last year remember two years ago you're fighting for top of the west like three points off the top right and and you didn't win any of your last three games and 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 that's why you didn't finish top of the west that is it that's a high standard that's a high bar and admittedly no team that has no wins from eight would be happy with it but i I do think there's a certain amount of like all right we're gonna have some down seasons and i think as well it's difficult i imagine for a fan base that develops an attachment to a graham zussi over 15 years and to a roger espinoza over 15 years but you kind of look at the team and there's like four or five guys that are 32 and older and it might be time for some regime change. And that is honestly not going to be easy. It's going to be very tough to move on from the likes of Russell and Zussi and Espinosa and Pulido. But I mean, you know, like that's generally not the formula to win in this league. And I can understand Peter's reticence to try and change things over, but you can only hang on with those guys for so long. So you mentioned Peter. I, the, the show has, has never been Vermees out, but uh, I think we've been Vermees out curious. But I think Dave, <laughs> I, I saw the first message from David last night of that he was that he was done. Are you are you are you declaring this now in front of in front of Woody that we're a Vermees out show? I don't speak for you three. <laughs> That's I, right. Exactly. I wish everyone on w- listening to the show would get that. I, David, am Vermees out. <laughs> I, I recognize everything he's done. I've been a pretty ardent Vermees defender, but it looks like we're going to have a third bad season out of five, and we're going to miss the playoffs three out of five of the last five years. We've built the roster around all these aging veterans to compete, and they're not competing. And, you know, well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm out on most of the technical staff. I'm out on Brian Bliss, the technical director. I'm out on Vermees. I'm out on our strength and conditioning and our... Um, and our our medical staff because we constantly have guys who are dinged up. I'm out on pretty much everybody. Well, so Woody, the kind of the main argument is, you know, the the success was in the past, 
and maybe the league has matured, grown, changed, and that Vermees hasn't done that. Can he still be successful, or do you see him as a, as a relic of MLS past? I, I don't see him as a relic of MLS past, and I think that it, it is interesting how little sometimes in sports we give opportunities to guys to reimagine themselves from within the situation that they're in, but I think he does have to kind of demonstrate a level of that reimagination because mm-hmm. right now he just is sort of persisting and he feels like persistence and consistency is the way out of the current predicament. But I think that like there are some other, so you mentioned kind of on the technical side, uh, one of the things I think it was on the, the Casey soccer journal, if it's not, forgive me. Um, but there's, I, I read a whole piece about um, we'll the lack it. of the, 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 the lack of national teamers that mm-hmm. are coming from Kansas city and particularly at youth level. And that is kind of, for me, the thing that's that's standing out at the moment is like, for a club that's poured so many resources into having a good academy, yeah. they're not, there's not a lot of homegrown talent that's in and around this team right now that's coming through. And so, you know, it's not a team that makes a ton of internal within the league transfers. It's relying a lot on players coming from abroad, as you said, in that sort of age range where injury is a genuine concern. And I do wonder... Like from like a bigger level, not just like from a how do we win the next game level, but from a bigger level, like what's the next way that Sporting Kansas City are going to co- overcome the fact that they don't spend like LAFC do or that they're that they don't have a model where money is the solution because it's just it, the reality is it is not. And I feel like and I almost feel bad for for Peter Vermees in, in a way because you have to continually reinvent yourselves and find new ways to sort of be the money ball mm-hmm. of MLS. And he's and, done that in the past. You know, Dan- correct. Daniel Shallow, the Hungarian as a homegrown. Yeah, he, he's done mm-hmm. he's done things like that in the past. But yeah, as you said, I think we're, we're waiting on him to demonstrate uh, the next iteration of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and, and maybe he just still genuinely believes, as he told me, that all the answers are here and that a combination of fitness and that little bit of fortune and a goal going in off your backside is enough. Um, but I, I do think there is also a certain amount of like there needs to be something a little bit bigger. If you you just look at the ins and outs of this offseason, it's not really like, all right, here's here's the big thing they did this winter, other than have a go at Cristiano Ronaldo, that like is is the thing that, you know, all right, th- that's how this season is going to be different. And honestly, they might not entirely be wrong for that thinking because Tommy and Agata were such good additions for the exactly. summer of last year. And that last third of the year was very good. And if the first two thirds of the year weren't so bad, you might have been in the playoffs and honestly might have given someone a genuine challenge. But I, I it, there wasn't that, all right, guys, here's our big move of the offseason that this is what's going to be different about this year. Yeah, they need 39 points because 42 was ninth place last year in what, 26 matches, which is doable. Uh, yeah. And they got Gotti Kinda coming back. You know, we talked earlier about that attacking, unpredictable influence in the midfield, and Gotti could be that if he comes back the way he That's was. That's true. That's true. And but, that, that, that honestly isn't isn't that like the whole the whole challenge is well, you need your best players to step up, and if Pulido has been out for sixteen months and he's just coming back, and Kinda missed a huge stretch of last year, isn't that kind of like a healthy enough? I don't want to say excuse, but reason for why this team isn't performing up to standard. Possibly, but a lot of people have been talking about, you know, I have the same concerns they do, but what people haven't talked much about, and this is my concern, is the owners. I don't know the answer to what I'm about to say. How much experience in soccer do our owners have? Did they play soccer? Do they 
what is their uh, level of soccer knowledge? How much experience do owners of any uh, sport uh, actually have? Well, I mean, okay, well, here's, baseball owners played Little right, League or but whatever. They Michael, dived Michael in on Peter Vermees because they're like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. We're going with him. Are they afraid to pull the plug on that because they don't know where else to turn? Well, What's that? now they're in it for five years after that recovery from last season. They saw the recovery at the end of the year and said, well, he did his job. He's our guy. Five more years. So here we are. And yeah, if things genuinely don't pick up the rest of this year, if we're this bad the rest of the year, then it, it's hard to justify that he should stay in the job because of the standards the club has set. So but what, but what, what's your level of confidence, though, that it won't be this bad for the rest of the year? Well, I am generally in the same boat as you. I'm an optimist, I guess. The first thing that you said was that, you know, it, that you can see something there. Like, yeah, it, it was close. And I, I just I've feel seen, stupid I've seen saying some this hopeless so teams. Times. I've seen some hopeless teams these last few years, like intensely covering the league. I don't think this team is hopeless. It's just now that so much now that Eric Tommy seems to just have completely fallen off the last three games. It just seems like so much is riding on Gotti Kinda's knee to come back and him to be that good. <laughs> Yes. And and Alan Polito's knee as well. So I, I I don't know. I'm 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 growing desperate. I'm an optimist, but every you know that red card happened, and it was. I realize I'm just at the point where I can laugh about it now. So it's progress mm-hmm. that that where we're at. Well, the list of ifs is incredibly long. Uh, you could add to that if Rodoya comes back and slots in the holding midfield. If Leibold comes in and you know can Volder can be the left center back, etc. The list is just so long. And well, the problem but, I mean, with that is is but those aren't crazy ifs either, though. Right. right. Just but like why the guys are you pay money to being healthy? Yeah, but why are there so many? questions of okay these guys are out how can we have done a better job of stocking our roster where guys can step in and the drop-off isn't so huge it's part of the reality of the league though like you, yeah. you see this in other in other places too right like you know and i was thinking about nashville for instance I, i've seen them a fair bit early in the season and they're they're struggling for goals right now they've only given up four goals and they've lost three games which is generally not how that should work but you start going through it's like oh well they don't have randall Leal and in this league, if you have a guy who you're paying 800000 to be a, a key attacking figure, the guy behind him is not going to be making 800000 well, It's sure. the nature of a, of, a, of a salary cap league. And, you know, when you have Volodare playing at left back because, you know, you have two left backs out and the, your third left back and Ben Sweat uh, had enough of a shocker that he, had, he got waived. Um, but, you know, that, that's just the reality of the league. They're, like, stocking up depth can only happen, and that's why I brought up the homegrowns thing, it can only happen if you have homegrowns that are ready to contribute. And that's why, and even still, like Philadelphia Union, in theory, have homegrowns ready to contribute. And yet they've gotten off to a rocky start in MLS after they added three depth pieces from within the league and have homegrowns ready to go. They have a team of like 16, 17, 18 guys that are ready to be match day contributors. And they're struggling early in the year because Champions League is such a difficult weight on a club. So depth, that, that's the next thing to happen in this league is, you know, you lose a guy or you have three guys out due to injury and the three guys behind them are ready to step up and, and, and play well. Woody, thank you very much for joining us. Take a deep breath, guys. Yeah, sorry life, for life, dragging life, you. <laughs> life will get better. No, and, but I imagine it's tough for you guys too. And, and I experienced this a lot like, you know, like for instance, like I used to cover San Jose a lot for Univision in the past. And it was kind of difficult to hear, you know, podcasters come on and just let out a deep sigh into the microphone and be like, well, (laughs) all right, how how are we going to try and like, and also like not make this about 
firing people and not make this about like like bigger issues with the club instead trying to identify things within the moment but it gets really frustrating when you do this for eight straight weeks yes it uh it does i was even so flustered i forgot our i forgot our ad read chuck it in post chuck it in post very good idea okay <laughs> so yeah thank you very much for joining us when you're in kansas city next we will uh we'll have to get together and we'll and we'll show you around man we'll get some cafecito very nice. We'll do it. Is, <laughs> is there cafecitos to be found in Kansas City? Yeah, I'm, oh, yes. I'm there for yeah, it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have ca- I don't have cafecito in Miami, so I have to have cafecito <laughs> in Kansas City then. We'll get you taken care of. There's a there's a spot. I got a spot. I got lights my spot. insides on fire, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> Dale. Well, uh, Woody, keep uh, keep it all up, man. You're I think you're one of the bright spots of an American that is calling games. I think the talent is few and far between. So so keep it up. You're doing very well. And, uh, and yeah, thanks again for joining. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Anything to shake this but I'm in My blood buttings got me drinking My blood buttings got me drinking